Hi, and welcome to the Sheep Show podcast dedicated to all things ovine. Thank you for joining me. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. This is your podcast to learn more, know more and achieve more when it comes to shepherding. Come with me as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. When Gary and I first got some sheep, we were actually living in the urban suburbs and we had a little urban fringe farm. In fact, we had that little urban fringe farm for about eight years and we got two sheep from a local urban fringe hobby farm and we put them in a trailer, brought them home to our property. We had no idea about the legal obligations that we were breaching when we had those sheep. We didn't realize in Australia that you needed to have a property identification code and to transport those sheep, you needed a national vendor declaration. We didn't realize that we had to do a transfer of those sheep as well from that property we bought them from onto our property. In fact, we couldn't because we didn't have our property identification code. So this podcast is very much about that. It's about the legal obligations that you have when you own sheep. In fact, you actually have a legal obligation when you own any livestock, and that includes cattle, of course, goats, and horses. And I've done some research for you all, and I found out what these are across the world, and believe it or not, they are incredibly similar. So really, it doesn't matter where you are in the world listening to the Sheep Show podcast, you have a legal obligation when you own sheep, you move sheep, and when you are intending to have sheep on your life, your property, uh, or indeed for a more commercial farming enterprise. So let's take it country by country and explore what the legal obligations are. So a lot of our listeners in Australia, so let's start off with Australia. So in Australia, you need to get yourself a PIC code. And if, I haven't, if you haven't realized it before, a lot of farming requires you to understand TLAs, as I like to call them. These are three-letter acronyms. So PIC code is the first three-letter acronym that we'll be talking about. And the PIC code is, in Australia, the Property Identification Code. Now, this is a code that you can get from the Department of Agriculture. It's free, uh, and it just assigns a number to your property. Now you can actually identify what they are. And again, most countries have the same. So for example, ours starts with a three. The three stands for Victoria. If you're in New South Wales, it would start with a two. And then it has some letters. Our letters are SG, so three SG, SG for South Gippsland. If you were in Shepparton, then it would be three SP and so on. So the codes actually mean something in terms of the location. So they identify the state that you're in and then in the region that you're in as well. So if you are going to own sheep, uh, of course, we're definitely talking about sheep here, but you could it could be any livestock. You do need to get yourself a property identification code and you will get a lovely little card in the post to say that you are eligible, I suppose, or able to have animals on your on your property with that property identification code. Now, I suppose the bigger picture of all of this that we're talking about here in terms of the legal requirements of owning livestock is traceability and particularly traceability of cradle to grave. So a lot of the animals that are born will end up 
in the food chain. And of course, for our safety, government needs to identify where that property, where that property is, where that animal lived. And indeed, if there are any outbreaks of diseases along the way, for example, something like anthrax, which is in the soil, would be then you'd know you'd be notified by the government in your local area because you've got a pick code if that was impacting your livestock. So this is about bio, biosecurity, hazardous risk management and traceability of the food chain as well. Sometimes it's also about market assurance. So in some countries, they obviously do a lot of export. So there's elements there around exporting those animals overseas and the confidence that overseas markets would have in those animals coming from a particular country. Where can you find your pick number? Where could you go? Well, you might go to Meat and Livestock Australia, first of all. You might go to the Department of Agriculture. But one of the other places you want to be visiting is the National Livestock Identification Scheme, or in Australia, we call this the NLIS. And again, all countries have something similar. Now, on this particular website, what you'll be able to do is create a system where you can identify all the animals born on your property and where they belong, what property they are at, and where you move them to. So you will go to the NLIS website when you move animals, when you sell animals, or when you bring animals off to slaughter, when you bring animals to the sale yard, and you'll produce wait for it, an NVD. This is a national vendor declaration. Now in Australia, you can produce a hard copy or a digital copy of your NVD. I actually prefer to use a hybrid version. So what I do is I buy tokens on the NLIS website and I half fill out those tokens with some of the general information like my PIC number, my property address, my website, my phone number. I print it off then and then I hand write in the detail. So customers coming to my property to buy some sheep, I will have that printed out and then when they're ready to leave, I will fill in, they bought you know, 10 ewes or you know, one ram or whatever it might be. Invariably, I find that just a bit more flexible because sometimes customers either want to buy less or more when they come to pick up their sheep. So it just allows a sort of a best of both worlds. Half of it's filled in, so you don't have that admin, and then half of it you can be flexible with when you add in the information. If I bring my animals off to slaughter as well, to the abattoir, I will need to produce an NVD and from that, I'll send that to the abattoir and they will have that from a traceability point of view. Sometimes these are often called e-dex. So this is an e-declaration. So the NVD is the National Vendor Declaration and an e-dec stands for electronic declaration. One other thing you'll need to do as well is develop your tags, your animal ear tags. And again, same in all countries. This allows you to trace the animal. This allows you to bring the animal to the abattoir. In Australia, at the moment, all lambs born need to have an electronic tag, E-I-D, electronic identification tag. And this will have your pick number on it. It will um, also have a lamb number on it. So for example, lambs that I uh, were born on my property in 2009, I might have a nine in there in the number. So 901, 902, etc. And if you do vaccinate for Gadare in Australia, Gadare is the vaccination for 
ovine yoni's disease, which we will talk about on the Sheep Show podcast. If you do vaccinate for, for uh, yonis with Gidare, you will also see on your tag, you will have a V. It's like a, it's a V letter in a round circle. And that shows the buyer, purchaser, slaughterhouse, whatever it might be, that that animal has been vaccinated for Gidare. So there's another little thing that you might have on your tags as well. Now, there's plenty of places you can go to get your tags. My tag preference is an enduro tag. I, it's a two-pronged tag, so it's when you put it into the ear, it's not coming out unless you cut it out. So it, it just allows safety, particularly for us, we've got a lot of bushes and blackberries, and I find with the button tags, the round tags, they come out a lot easier. And I've been using the two-pronged enduro tags on my sheep uh, for the last four years, and we've also used them on cattle too, and never lost a tag. I also use a farm identification tag as well, which is a bigger tag with the number on it, and that way I can see from far the number of the that sheep. So I can identify that sheep by looking at them across the fence rather than the, the little tag, the, the, e, uh, the EID, the electronic tag, which you have to really get up close and personal to, to read. So there you have it, your pick number, which you need to have, your property identification number, your national vendor declaration for your animal movements, and you can do an EDIC. And indeed, your your tags, your national your your national identification tags as well. One change coming in Australia in 2021 is that all livestock, all sheep, this includes older sheep, will also need to have an electronic tag. If they go to the sale yards, if you bring them to the abattoir, they will need to be electronically tagged. So for us farmers in Australia, we will need to look at, and particularly in Victoria, we'll need to look at a, what we call a post-breeder identification tag. The ones that we use in Victoria are orange. So you'll have to put that on your older sheep if you're going to sell her or bring her to the abattoir or bring her to the sale yards. So something for us, again, to consider when we're, we're breeding our sheep and thinking about our sheep. No matter what country you're in, this will apply. So, for example, if I go to Canada, in Canada, you have a PID number, which is your premises identification number, P-I-D. So, again, very much like your PIC number in Canada, you have a PID. Um, you will also be in touch with the CFIA which is the like the department in Canada. And from there, you also have an animal assessment, animal health assessment, which is your, like your national vendor declaration. So again, very similar structure. In the US, you will be dealing with the USDA, which is the US Department of Agriculture, and they have a national unified ear tagging system, NUES, and they have an animal identification number, an AIN. And again, they have a premises identification number or a PIN. Same idea, same system. If you're in Ireland, again, you're going to have a herd or a flock number. And again, you will be producing an AIM, which is your animal identification movement. And again, you'll have your tags and so on. In the UK, you'll also have a, a county premises holding number, uh, which is a CPH number. You'll have a flock or herd number as well. This flock or herd number in Ireland and the UK and in Europe, sheep are subsidized in those countries. So sheep farming is subsidized, so there's grants available. So hence the flock or herd number is used there. And again, in the UK, you will have a animal reporting and movement scheme, A-R-A-M-S. They seem to like 
FLAs, or five-letter acronyms. So no matter what country you're in, and across Europe it's the same as well, so you're going to have your property code, your ear tag that you need to look at, and indeed your animal movement document as well. So all countries all over the world will have a similar scheme or similar structure. So the best place to start, no matter where you are, is to go to your Department of Agriculture or a local representative of that Department of Agriculture in your region and talk to them or Google that and look on the website to help you along the way. Or even better, talk to your mentor. And this is where your mentor, again, can be so helpful and so useful. If you've got a mentor, then you've got insight into exactly what you need, when you need it, why you need it, and where you can get it. So it's a shortcut to all of the mire of these websites that I'm talking about. Most importantly, though, we need to respect the tools that we have got and the systems that are in place. So completing them accurately, detailing the health of the animals and the history of the animals and abiding by the movement and lodging any history or any movements of your animals on, uh, on the various different websites is what we really need to be looking at. We're we want to preserve and protect our industry and doing this really helps with that as well. Now, if you're on the other side of the fence, if you're purchasing livestock, first of all, you do need to have your pick number. So in Australia, again, your property identification code or your PID or your PIN, wherever country you're in. So you will need to have that first and foremost before you purchase your livestock. So if, you have, if you're on the track to buying, make sure you start off with that. Then when you do pick up your animals, then you should expect to get a copy of this animal movement document. So again, your national vendor declaration or your EDEC or your animal movement reporting schedule, whatever country you're in. Now it's fine, no matter where you are, you can get these in hard copy or soft copy. So someone sends you a text message of one when you're on the road, that's fine. Or when someone gives a hard copy, that's fine too. So you do need to ask for that, or hopefully the breeder you're buying for will be very prepared and have that ready for you. So a few little things for you to think about there to keep you, uh, to keep you ready. In Australia, I know that when you do take your sheep home, then you should go on to the National Livestock Identification Scheme website and then transfer those sheep onto your pick number, which basically means saying, hey, I've bought four sheep from Jill, this is her pick number, and this is the waybill number. The waybill number is going to be the number that's on that vendor declaration, so that animal movement document. And that will help you then say to the department that you now have X amount of sheep on your property and this is where they came from. So again, at any time, the animal can be traced throughout the, the system. I wanted to just keep you updated with all of these things and help you understand what the requirements are and indeed why the requirements are there. This helps you get off to a smooth start with whoever it is that you are engaging with and whoever it is that you're buying your sheep from or indeed selling your sheep too. So again, helping us all come across as professional, come across as serious and understanding that we are all in the same boat of managing risks and biosecurity hazards and, uh, and indeed complying with the legal obligations in our own countries as well. Talking of biosecurity, this is something we'll have a chat about in some later podcasts. So some of the things that are important for us to consider and how we can manage biosecurity hazards and risks on our farms, no matter where we are again. So look forward to that podcast. In the meantime, 
enjoy surfing the land of TLAs and exploring what your requirements are in terms of your sheep. You've been listening to the Sheep Show podcast with Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm. Please take a moment to share this episode via your podcast app, email, or via social media channels. Each share helps us reach listeners just like you who can benefit from our content. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, sheep well.